the commotion and come running. He pulled Graham from the water. Graham gasped and sputtered and looked around. But there was no sign of Roberts. No one had seen him, and the lake sat dark and silent. He told the police everything he knew. Sometime around midnight, the cops dragged the sailboat back to shore. At 4 a.m., they gave up the search confirming what Graham had known in his heart for hours. His friend was dead. Miles away, the little yellow house sat at the end of the block, nearly silent. There were no people inside, but the place was not empty. There were always dogs. So many dogs, coming and going, sometimes chained in the yard, where they barked for hours during the afternoon or late into the night. The neighbors wondered about the dogs. They wondered about Roberts. Now the man was gone, and inside the house two adult dogs sat in crates in the living room, while in the garage six puppies chewed on the blankets and cardboard boxes spread on the floor. They were maybe six weeks old, brown and white bundles of energy with pink noses, droopy skin, and paws too big for their bodies. Full of curiosity and mischief, they played and ran, but their yips and barks had a different tone to them now. They carried an echo of hunger, a hint of desperation. No one had come to bring them food tonight or clean up after them. Could anyone hear them? Did anyone know they were there? Two. Andrew Yori got up off the couch and looked around the small dorm room that served as an on-duty office for resident assistants. There was not much else to the place. A small table with a computer on top and a few office chairs clustered around it. On the wall opposite the couch, a TV sat on a stand. Andrew stretched and walked out. It was September of 1998 and Andrew was in his first year as an RA at St. Mary's University of Minnesota, and he was still figuring out the routine. Once a week, he would be condemned to the office from 7 until 11 p.m., his only break the hourly patrols through the halls of the four-story building and the one connected to it, making sure peace reigned. At least, he thought as he started his rounds, the office was on an all-female floor. The possibility of meeting someone made it a little more appealing, although it wasn't like he had time for much else in his life. He already played for the St. Mary's University of Minnesota soccer team, sang and played trumpet in the choir, helped found and played on the school's club volleyball team, and majored in biology, which required him to take 17 or 18 credits a semester. Also, this was his senior year, and he'd decided that it was time to get serious. He'd never been much of a partier. During his first two years, he'd drank maybe six beers total. But as a junior, he'd shared a suite with a fellow soccer player and two other friends. He turned 21 during the year and found himself going out to bars. He dated, too. He had boyish good looks with a strong jaw and soft hazel eyes and little trouble attracting women. The relationships were casual, passing. Frivolous might have been an overstatement, but not by much. This year he was stepping back from all of that. 
He wanted to finish strong, and he felt that as an RA he had to set an example. His plan included no more dating just for the sake of it. If he went out with someone this year, it would have to be a serious girlfriend. Serious. That word again. He reached the end of the hall and started up the stairs. When he entered the fourth-floor lounge, he saw a guy he knew, another RA named Jason. They exchanged hellos. This is my girlfriend Clara, Jason said, pointing to the woman sitting next to him. Clara, this is Rue. Andrew waved. He saw the confused look in her eye. It's Andrew, he said, but most people call me Rue. They all chatted for a minute before he ducked back out of the room. It was a serious year, but she was seriously cute, tall and fit, with long brown hair and a bright smile.